Um, how are you this morning? Oh, me oh my. I tell you. There's lots to talk about this morning. Um, woo. Uh, 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 maybe, maybe, maybe too much, but we, we, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, let us pray. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we just want to glorify him this morning and as we share your word with the congregation. Lord, may it bring life and insight, Lord, and um, a truth to the people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we talked primarily about the announcement of Jesus' birth. And so today we are going to talk about the actual birth and some of the happenings that that were around this birth thing, including um, the wise man, including the star, including the angels in the fields there that uh, uh, approached the shepherds, and, and so on and so forth. So uh, a, a lot to share, and I, I think that you will be able to uh, get a hold of a couple of things that maybe you hadn't heard like that before, or, or we're not aware of, or, or, or whatever. Or maybe you were. Wonderful. Then you can uh, applaud and agree with me, and, and, and that, that, that'd be super. So, we look, we look at several scriptures. So, I'm going to give you a list of scriptures that we're looking at. You don't have to worry about it, because we'll probably have them on the screen. But I want to uh, uh, point out some things to you from the scriptures, even some things from the Old Testament. And so, this is what we're looking for. Uh, last week, we talked about Luke. Chapter 1, 26 to 38, so we're not going to do that again. That was about the announcing of the birth of Jesus. Then today we'll be looking at Matthew 1, 18 through 25. I'll announce it each time when we get there. So uh, Luke 2, 1 through 7, Matthew 2, 1, 2, and 3, Daniel chapter 2, verses 1 through 49, and we'll pick and choose some things that I want to point out to you so that you can be aware that it comes from the scripture, and I'm not just making it up. And then we go back to Luke 2, 8 through 20, and we'll skip things because that's a lot of verses. We might read some, we might point out some things that, that are pertinent to the, maybe the argument that I'm making. And then uh, Matthew, we go back to Matthew 2, verses 4 through 12, and we could actually even look a little bit further than 12 if we have time to see about the obedience of Joseph, his immediate, immediate obedience and how that God blesses those who immediately and totally obey. Um, so, let us look then at Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And we look at a few things that the, the scripture points out to us. Um, Matthew 1, 18 through 25. We have it on the scripture. On, on, on the board over here. So we can just look at it from, from on, the, on the screen. Uh, here we have, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, that means before they had sex together, they were betrothed, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So they, she is found with child of the Holy Spirit. The fact that it is the Holy Spirit there's not very many people that know that. Joseph doesn't know it at this point yet. All he knows is she's with child. And, uh, and, and, and they, haven't, they haven't been together yet. 
So we have, we have a problem. <laughs> 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, or another, this is the new King James, the old King James says, a righteous man. It's the same thing. A righteous man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly or privately. So here you have jo- Joseph, who is her husband, and he is a righteous man. And he finds his wife with child. And they haven't been together yet. So he's thinking, oopsie, we, we got us a problem here. And he's thinking, I, 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 need, to, I need to separate myself from this, from this woman. But be, him, excuse me, but him being a righteous man and loving Mary, even though at this point he feels betrayed, yes? At this point, he doesn't know yet. The Holy Spirit hasn't, or the angel hasn't revealed things to Joseph quite yet. So he is thinking, I'm separating myself from her, but he doesn't want to do it publicly. Remember we talked last week when the announcement of, of the, the, the birth of Jesus, we, we talked about the fact that in Mary obeying the angel, or the angel was from the Lord, so in Mary obeying the Lord, she was also trusting that the Lord was going to take care of her, yes? Because in the Old Testament, if you were found with child without being married, you'd get stoned to death. So, she had to trust the Lord for that. She had to trust the Lord for the, the, the community opinion that people were going to ridicule her or even maybe, you know, chase her out of town or whatever. And then she had to trust God for what was the relationship going to be with Joseph. Because she didn't know at that time that God was also going to send word to Joseph. He just had sent word to her. Yes? Are you following? So, but trusting God. Because God says, you're going to have a child being overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And this is, this, this is, this is the case. So, they are, right now, all, all we see here is that Joseph, who loves her, says, you know, I'm not going to make a, a public, that's a public uh, uh, scene over here. I'm just going to do this secretly, quietly, privately, because I don't want to put Mary to shame. 20 says this. But while he thought about these things, while he thought about these things, I love God's timing. God didn't allow Joseph to think about these things too long, to cause imaginations in his mind concerning Mary. But while he was thinking on these things, boom, God sends an angel to him. And appeared in a dream, saying, and this dream thing, we see this a lot in the early days, that God would reveal in dreams things to people. Uh, In a dream, he said, for uh, Joseph to take his family to to flee to Egypt. In a dream, he said, hey, go back to to Israel. Uh, So, and here, in a dream, the angel appeared and says, Joseph, It's like, Kenny. Kenny. Joseph. Me? No, yeah, yeah. You're Joseph. Yeah. Joseph. Son of David. 
Do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. All these thoughts that you had, throw them out. What she has been conceived with is, is, is from the Holy Spirit. This thing comes from me. So you take her. And Joseph was a righteous man. That means he is someone who loves God and wants to walk with God. And so when the angel of the Lord says to him, take her, what does a righteous man do? Takes her to be his wife. And so he takes her to be his wife. And then um, 21 says, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then 22 uh, so all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, uh, this is spoken, so that's why it is cursive. It is spoken, it's a prophecy that was spoken before the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. This is, this is the meaning, this is not his name proper, but this is the meaning of his name. Emmanuel, being translated, God with us. So, here you have a God whose characteristic, characteristic it is that he is a with us God. He is not a God yonder, there, that we never can communicate with, that we can never talk with. He is a with us God. That is his characteristic. It is a God who is with us. I know people that are supposed to be with you that are not with you. There are family that are supposed to be close to you and they are not with you. But this God is a with us God. Okay, then we'll go to um, Matthew 1. I'm sorry. That's where we were, right? So Luke 2, 1 through 7. Luke 1 through 7. Let me see what kind of things I can point out to you there. Um, yeah, when, when we were reading about Joseph and Mary, um, we saw that they had, they had not been intimate yet. Right? And the scriptures are teaching us that he was not intimate with her till after the birth of Jesus. So, I, 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 I just want guys to, take, to pay attention over here. Okay? I mean, they were married. And he didn't have sex with her till after... The, the, the firstborn, till after Jesus was born. And, and we cannot even wait till, 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 till we get married. <laughs> I mean, I'm not into condemnation. I'm not into judgmentalism. Uh, 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 if it has happened to you, hey, God forgive you and you're good to go and keep walking with God. But I'm saying that here you have a righteous man and he says, you know, I haven't slept with her. She's pregnant. Then 
the, the, uh, the angel of the Lord says, hey, you take her for a wife. And then he, knowing that this is from the Holy Spirit, he waits till after she gives birth to the firstborn Jesus. Uh, hey, hey, that takes some steel nerves. Anyways, uh, neither here nor there. Uh, and it came to pass in those days that a, a, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So, do you remember where Mary was at this point? She was at Nazareth. And then, but Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. So God needs to make sure that somehow Mary and Joseph are going to Bethlehem for the baby to be born there, right? So here you have a, a registry for a, a consensus. And they need to be registered, and, and verse 2 says this. Then census took place while Quirinius was uh, governing, governing Syria. And, and then we're going, just going to go through the verses a little bit uh, because uh, we can just read the history over here, what is happening. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Verse 4, Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David. That is what the, his reason was for going. But God's reason for him going was that prophecy would be fulfilled. That the Son of God, Jesus Christ, would be born in Bethlehem. And to be registered with, with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. Verse 6. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. For her to have the baby. And she brought forth her, her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger. <coughs> because there was no room in the end. So you have to hear, you have to use a little bit of imagination, because often we uh, think, and we have in our mind, <coughs> excuse me, we have in our mind the inn was a building, and then there was a barn someplace, and then there was no room in the inn, and so they put him in the barn where the animals are and where you have a manger and, uh, for the animals to be fed. But in, in those days, there was not a, a barn there. They were keeping the animals in caves. And when it was dry outside, then the animals just stayed outside. When it was rain or they want to protect the animals, then they bring them in a cave. And so in the cave, you had the manger not only, <coughs> not only uh, was the cave there for the animals, but the cave was also there for people to be buried in caves. So what you have then is there, there is no room for them in the inn. And so he sends them to, hey, this is all I got. Sends them to the cave. And there there are some warm clothes. And the, the, cave, the clothes in the cave that were there uh, uh, ready were uh, burial clothes because they also buried people in the caves. So the clothes that Jesus was wearing were swaddling clothes, were burial clothes. And so this is the two signs that he speaks of later uh, to, the, to the shepherds, that if you're going to look for the child, <coughs> you'll find him in swaddling clothes. So here is one born for the purpose of dying. Here is one born 
that at birth he is already in burial clothes because his purpose was that he might save his people. And that would happen through his ultimate death, yes, on the cross, that he would save his people. And that uh, you would find him in a manger. This is the sign that we find out later that was revealed to the shepherds by the angel. Verse 8. <coughs> and I think that maybe we were going to go through 7. Okay, now then, we're coming to a place where um, <clears throat> we're jumping back to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3. And this is a, a place where we're going to park for a while just to clear up some things that you don't read in the, in the English text so unless you want to just dig and dig and dig and dig. So, uh, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, so this is after the birth of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. We'll read the first three verses, then we go back to one, two, and three. Okay? We'll read the, the verses. Saying, where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, that is to say, a long ways away. We have seen a star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. So, this brings up lots of questions that I will try to answer. Uh, <clears throat> when the Bible speaks about the east, it is primarily speaking about places like Babylon, uh, Persia-ish, and uh, in the east. And so, you wonder, Magi, Magi is what? Astrologers is what, what they are. In those days, astronomy and astrology were all about the same thing. And today, astrology is anti-Christian, is anti-scripture, and astronomy is basically the study of the stars to see what is the distance from this one to this one, how many uh, light years will it take to travel from here to here, and so, on, and, so, and so on and so forth. So, don't confuse the two. And, and so, the question arises, what is an astrologer in the East, what interest would he have in the first place in one who was going to be born the king of the Jews. What interest would that be to him? Well, that's a good question. I'll try to answer it for you. And uh, why would they travel so far? Because, see, that's another thing that often happens in a, in a, in a nativity scene. You have, many times you have baby Jesus, you have Mary and Joseph. And then you have the shepherds, and then you have the three wise men. The three wise men were not in the, in the picture then. The three wise men were not in the picture till about a year and a half to two years later after the birth. Okay, are you following me? So, no, yeah, I understand <laughs> to make it all inclusive and so, okay, fine, fine, fine. But I just want you to know that this was, they traveled from the east to Jerusalem because they knew something was up over here. They knew that the, 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 about the birth of the king of the Jews. 
How did they know about it? How could they come from the east to Jerusalem and say, hey, we saw his star. And we know that the king of the Jews has been born here. Where, where, where did that star come from? They saw it in the star that they saw in the east. How did they know? So I want to clarify some things to you. There's more questions. Okay, there's more questions. Hey, more questions. Give me some more questions over here if you have them. Uh, three. What is the east? I just told you. That's sort of like uh, Babylon because there is a history with Babylon, yes? And from the Old Testament, we, we knew that, for example, and we're going to take a look at that in just a little bit, that Daniel spent a lot of time in Babylon and wrote most of his writings in Babylon. He was in the court of Nebuchadnezzar as an astrologist. And we, we look at that in just a little bit. One of the, and ultimately the main guy. We'll, we'll look at it. What is the east? Question four. What does it mean we, sh- we have seen his star in the east? Verse five. How did they know the approximate time of Messiah? How did they know? Or they, did, they just, did they just watch stars and they watched and watched and watched? I say, that's his star. Well, it, it was, but it was not like this is several hundred years past the time of Daniel in, in, in Babylon. Uh, so it was not just that they, that they were, for several hundred years, they were looking all the time for his star. Uh, they were expecting to see the star at a certain uh, 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 time, period of time. That even though they were not exact, maybe, but for a period of time, they were expecting to started looking for his star. And then uh, they came to worship him. Worship him? Worship him. This is the king of the Jews. We're from Babylon. Well, is it possible that these guys were even maybe believers? I want to tell you that this is a probability, a strong probability. So, uh, and then they came to worship him. They believers in Jehovah, the God of, Je- of the Jews. How many magi were there that came to Jerusalem? Well, maybe we'll go with the easy ones first. <laughs> Did astrology have anything to do with this revelation? That's a good question because astrology is prohibited, prohibited by the scriptures. So though they were astrologers, God can use anybody he wants to. Uh, but he used his scripture to, to make these things known. I, 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 I'll get it. So let's look, first look at how many magi were they. Uh, uh, so the idea that these were kings from the east is not scriptural. These were not kings. These were magi. Another word of magi is wise men. These were wise men. Uh, in the Old Testament, they were called wise men. They were called astrologers. They were called all kinds of different names. And we'll look at that in just a little bit. And, and they, they were three is what people automatically think about because of the three kinds of gifts that they brought. But it never says that there were only th- that there were three. There's, there's just three kinds of gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But it doesn't say, matter of fact, I think that it was a group of them. Certainly it was not one because it talks about magi, the plural. So there were at least two. But 
So I'm giving you part of my answer to, to, to my own question. Is if you're going to transport gold, frankincense, and myrrh, you don't want to travel by yourself with gold or with just two other guys. You want to have a company of people that can take care of the presence that you are going to offer the king of the Jews. One. So that is, that you can say, well, I argue with you on that. Yeah, you win the argument. No problem. You, you, you win. It's no problem. It's just that, that I wouldn't do it if I'm going to travel with gold. And this was not just the gold that came out of my, my tooth that I'm bringing to the king of the Jews. This was gold. They brought gold. They brought frankincense. And they brought myrrh. So the gold was to identify uh, 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 royalty. Royalty. They were bringing gifts to the king of the Jews. Gold. And they brought frankincense. Is the symbolizes deity. Because remember we talked about Zacharias. How he offered incense in the holy place. Right? And outside the temple was the altar of, of, of sacrifice. Where he had burning coals. He would go there, grab a burning coal. Not with his hands, but with some instrument. And then bring it to the altar of incense in the holy place. Not quite in the holy of holies. So they're separated by a curtain. And, the, and then he would burn the incense over there. The frankincense was part of that. That would bring a, a delightful aroma that would seep through the curtain into the Holy of Holies and be a blessing and a sweet aroma to the nostrils of God who was present in the Holy of Holies. So frankincense had to do with deity. And then myrrh was part of the embalmment that you used for dead people. And so what was expressed over here that he was one, he was a, a royalty, he was deity, and he was going to bring the sacrifice that the people might get saved. Uh, and they were, and I think that they were, remember when we read here in Matthew that they came to Jerusalem and Herod was disturbed and all of Jerusalem was disturbed as well. So when you come with two or three guys, there's not much of a distraction over there. So I figured that because of all Jerusalem was also disturbed by their presence, that this was not, not just a handful of guys. This was a caravan of guys that came. But anyways, you win the argument. I'm just making the point why I believe that there were considerably more than just three. And the Bible doesn't say that there were three. Um, so, okay. So let's, now let's look at, uh, at Daniel. We look at the second chapter. And we look at some verses because I want to point out some things to you. And I'm going to ask uh, if somebody knows the story of Daniel. In the second chapter of Daniel, we'll read that uh, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. And he had in his courts, he had uh, magicians, he had Chaldeans, he had sorcerers, he has astrologers, he has all kinds of people that we would, some of them, we wouldn't have anything to do with them. But this is Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, this is a, uh, a, a, a pagan nation. And he has these dreams. 
and he's calling these wise men together from his court. And then, so when you have, let, 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 me, just, let me just read you the list. Uh, left, okay. Let me see what, what verse I, wanna, I want you to look at here. Uh, I want you to look at chapter 2. And he has he has magicians and astrologers and sorcerers and Chaldeans on his team, so to speak. And and how many do you think? How many people would that group be? Just give me a number because your number is as good as my number. I don't know either. But I just want you to number, and we'll work with that number. Okay. Huh? 69? Okay. You have a reason for the 69? Uh, not 70? Okay. 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 69 is good. It's fine. Okay. So we'll work with 69 people. Okay? I think there were even more than that. But, okay, we'll go with 69. Just, just, just for the heck of it. Just for argument's sake. Okay? And, uh, and so he's calling these guys together, and this is what he says to them. Do you know that story? Because I have you tell the story. Uh, he says to his wise men, we'll, call, we'll group them as wise men, he says to them, I want you to interpret my dream for me. And the wise men are saying, well, tell us your dream, and then we'll interpret it for you. He says, no, 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 you, you misunderstood me. I want you to also remind me of my dream and interpret it. And if you don't interpret it, I will chop you up. That's what it says. I will cut you in pieces. And you're done. And your house will become a dung hill. In other words, a, a heap of whatever. I can't say it. I might get through. Yeah, I'll call it manure. That's okay. That's all right. That's what he says to these guys that he wants to interpret, not only remind them of his dream, but interpret it. And they say to him, we can't do that. If you just remind us of your dream, we shall interpret it. They say, no one, no astrologer, no magician, no wise man can interpret, can just remind you of your dream and interpret it. Unless he is a God, and there's nobody here who is a God. Well, good enough. Uh, he sent a guy named Arioch. He is the, 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 the leader of, the, of his God. And he says, kill him. Remember that Daniel was part of that group. In his court. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were also part of that group. So when Arioch is on his way to gather up these guys, he comes across Daniel, and Daniel says, what, what is the king's rush? He must have had a good relationship with Arioch, because otherwise you don't ask these questions from somebody who's representing the king. It might cost you your head right there. Why is he in such a rush to do this? Uh, if he gives us some more time, I think 
that I will be able to do it. And he asks for an audience with the king, Daniel. And he says, please give me some more time and I will do this. The king agrees. He goes home and he tells Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Of course, he, he uses the other names uh, 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 to them in that portion of the scripture. And he says, hey, you guys go to praying, buddy. Because we need to pray for the mercy of God here. Because otherwise we're, we're chopped liver. I mean, literally. Uh, and so, he goes and in a dream, he have that dream again. In a dream, God shows him the dream or dreams that uh, Nebuchadnezzar had. And he shows him the interpretation. And he goes to Arioch. And says, I'm ready. Take me before the king. And I will do this. And. Guess what? He does. And when he does that. The king. Bows down before Daniel. And worships him. Not right. But who, who, what does Nebuchadnezzar know? He just saw that. Oh, this guy did it. So. And, 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 and Daniel says, yeah, well, you know, it's no magician, no Chaldean, no wise man can show you these things. It is my God who has shown me what this thing was about. So right there, and then King Nebuchadnezzar says, oh, your God, he is the revealer of the secret things. He's the revealer of the truth. He is the main man. And you, Daniel, I'm going to make you a great man. And I'm going to give you over the province of, of Babylon over here. And not only that, you are going to be the head of the wise men in my country. You're it. Okay. So why do I bring all that up? It's this. That. Do you know. What we just celebrated not too long ago concerning um, the Reformation. Lynn, what did we just celebrate? 500 years of the start of the Protestant Reformation. 500 years. So, and then, so, 500 years ago, you had a guy who went to the door of a church and boom, boom, 95 theses, 95 Principles from scriptures that he says is not done right that we need to do. And so, how many followers do you think that this man has now? Just a number. Millions. Two billion. Two billion. Okay, two billion. Okay, he, he, two billion. Okay, that might be a little much, but okay. We'll we, 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 we go with a number. It's no problem. Because I just want to just let you know that in those 500 years, Martin Luther has had a tremendous influence on Protestantism. So, now, when Daniel gave the dream back to Nebuchadnezzar and interpreted it, all those guys that were going to be chopped liver, he saved their lives. So this is a guy who didn't, as great as this was, didn't nail something to the, church, the door of the church. This guy saved how many? 69 lives. There were more than that, but I go with you. I told you we'll go with your number. Save 69 lives. So you can imagine that the word that went out from Daniel, that these guys got saved, 
and Daniel is now the head of the, of the, the wise men, that Daniel, with his God and his teaching, would have a tremendous influence on Babylon. And there would be hundreds, if not thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of followers that Daniel would have in Babylon. One. Two, there is only one prophecy that really pins down, in the Old Testament anyways, that pins down, it's not from the Old Testament, the, more or less the birth of Jesus. In Daniel 9, 24 and 25, it speaks that from the time that would be, de- uh, be issued the decree to rebuild Jerusalem from that time to the time of the Messiah would be 77s. That is prophetic language to say there will be 70 weeks of years or 490 years would be from the issuance of the decree to rebuild Jerusalem till the time of Messiah. Now let's come back to the birth of Jesus. So when, how how do we know that we have now 500 years of the Reformation? We kept track, right? So when they find out that in 490 years after the, the issuance of the decree to rebuild Jerusalem, they are keeping track of when this Messiah, the God of Daniel, who proclaimed that he's sending the Messiah, to the earth, to save the people. They are keeping track. And in Babylon, those wise men that are keeping track of the stars, they are watching as time gets closer, they are watching more intently. Oh my golly! Ah! Oh, I, did you see it? Did you see it? I, 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 this is a different star. This is his star. This is not just any star. What was this star? What differentiated this star? Did it read on there the star of the Messiah in nice big letters that they could see with the little instruments that were not that good in those days yet, you know, the telescopes that they... They were messing with and couldn't, couldn't quite focus the thing. And uh, I believe with some students of the scriptures that it was not just a star. Excuse me. Yes, the scriptures speak of a star because the Babylonians they had no idea that it might the, the, the wise men that came from the east and they saw his. They call it his star in the east. They had no idea but that the light that they saw, the brilliance that they saw, was a star. But I don't think it was a star. I think it was the Shekinah glory of God that shone there that night. Because a star, if it is... Now, God can do with a star whatever He wants to. He made them, right? He can bring a star over in this room if He wants to and, and find but that is not the normal conduct of a star. 
If you bring a star too close, you get fried. Like when you bring the sun too close, you get fried. So when there's a star over a house, that place is gone. And isn't Jesus the fullness of God? The Shekinah glory is the visible manifestation of holy God in a particular point in time. At a particular place. You know, God is omnipresent. So he's everywhere at the same time. But in his Shekinah glory, sometimes he comes and he limits. But that is in Jesus Christ. So it is not far-fetched to think that when they saw that light, that brilliance, and the word star and, and glory have the same idea of a brilliance, of a light, of an illumination. So when they saw, they saw that this was different. This must be his star. And they go to Jerusalem. And they announce over there in Jerusalem, Hey, where is the king that we know of the, uh, the king of the Jews that we know is born? Because we saw his star. We've been waiting for this for almost 500 years. We've been hearing it from generation to generation. That at some point in time, 77th after the decree of the, uh, the rebuilding of, the, the, of Jerusalem, that there's going to be the time of the Messiah. And they come. And they see a star. And Herod is part of the group that knows that these wise men are here. And they cause quite a stir in, in Jerusalem. But let's go back to the night of the star. Let's go back to the night of the star because, you know, now they, these wise men have traveled from Babylon-ish and have gone to Jerusalem. That took, by all estimations, between a year and a half to two years. Which makes sense because when Herod is trying to calculate how old this king of the Jews would, have, would be, he was asking when did you see this star? Trying to figure out by their travel that they arrive here by now. When you see all the stars. So, okay. So this is, we're talking about this guy. He's this king of the Jews. That is going to take the place of my children. Who are going to be in the, in the government. That I want to put him to death. And so then later on you have the decree that Herod puts to death. Children at what age? Two and younger. Kills them all. Let's not go too fast. Let's go back to then. Uh, where are we now? We are at Luke. We are at Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 20. And we'll, we'll move a little fast. Okay. We're looking good. Luke. Uh, just a, 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 couple, a couple more things about the star. In many songs, Christian songs, you read about a star or you sing about a star. In many other songs, even my most favorite Christmas song. What is your favorite Christmas song? Can you tell me what that? Huh? Silent Night? Silent Night is a good one. It's such a... Huh? Hug the Herald? 
Give me, give me one. L little drummer boy? Oh, how good they did it today, huh? Yes, I, I, got, in, I got involved a little bit. Pum, 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 pum. Uh, anybody else? Just, well, yes. Oh, holy night. Oh, I love many Christmas songs. Just as long as they don't play them at infinitum. They play them so often, simply, oh, let's play another song. But oh, holy night, I can hear it every day of the, uh, uh, any moment of the day. Especially when it is good voices. Oh, holy night, and when they go to the climax. But see, there the words are used, oh, holy night. Because there was a holy light. And the, the song we did a couple of weeks ago or so, was it a couple of weeks ago? Maybe last week. Uh, the birthday of a king, it had to do with a holy light. Some of the folks understood that it was not just any star. It was a holy light that they saw. So, let's then go to, we're now going to uh, the book of Luke. And we are reading uh, chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. We go. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding. You have just come off of the fact that uh, Mary has given birth to Jesus. And they found, they, they laid him in a manger in swaddling clothes. So verse 8 says, And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord, uh, and some translation says, The angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord, that same glory I believe, that the wise man saw the glory of the Lord shone round about him. And they were very much afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I'll bring you good news of great, of, of great joy uh, to all people. The word great over there is what we know as mega, mega. The Greek word is mega. I bring a great tidings of mega joy. That is to all people. What is implied there, it is to all people who want to take God up on that mega joy. And so I'm praying that you would be one person that would want to take God up on this mega joy because you are part of the all people. It is also for you, but if you don't want it, He doesn't have to give it to you. You don't have to take it. But if you want it, it is yours. My dear brothers and sisters, I want to tell you that to walk in joy, there's hardly a thing like it. To walk in joy. let alone mega joy. Do you walk in mega joy? Or you think that it's just a mega dream? This is what God has for us. That we would walk in mega joy. That 
our joy would not be squinched or quenched or uh, uh, disrupted or, or uh, clouded over or whatever other words you want to use. I used to say, don't let anybody steal your joy. They can't steal your joy. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Nobody can steal it. But why don't you let it build in your life? Why does it lift you up every day? The joy of the Lord is my strength. That when you walk in this joy, He also supplies you with strength. Don't you want that? I may want it more for you than you want it for yourself. I want it for you badly. I'm not saying that you don't have it. But I'm just asking you, how many I don't <laughs> I'm just asking you to show it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. This joy, joy, joy deep down in my heart is for the birds. It's, it's okay for it to be in my heart, but let me, let me, let me, let my face know, know about it a little bit also. Joy. Mega joy for all people. So, hey, shepherds, by any means, don't be afraid. Uh, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You want to go find the, the child? You shall find this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So there's a twofold sign that you will have, that, you will, that you're looking for to go find this baby. You will find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Do, do, do not go look at the Holiday Inn. Do not go look at the country club. Do not go look at these expensive private homes. Not that he couldn't be there, but that's not where he is right now. He is in a manger, in the cave. And you're going to find him in that cave in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's him. And they went, the shepherds. They said to themselves, vamos. Vamos, baby. Vamos, baby. I mean, we'll find him. We know he's wrapped in swaddling clothes and he's lying in a manger. We know more or less where we need to go to find him. And they go and they find him, and, 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 and this is the whole thing that is happening in the whole scenario. And suddenly there was with them, uh, uh, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying. So often we interpret that as singing. They were not singing. They were saying. Okay, maybe they were saying and singing. But if, if you're singing, you, you presuppose upon the, on the scripture. They were saying. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And some translations say, say goodwill toward men who are, with whom he's, he's pleased. And it came to pass, as the angels were come, were gone away from, uh, from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord had made known unto us. And they came with haste <clears throat> and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, I, I've been sick early in the week. 
Uh, maybe I'm still sick. And they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. So they, uh, they now are, they have come, they have seen, they have heard. <clears throat> now they are going and they are telling it to everybody. And all that they heard, all that they heard, it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So the shepherds, they heard, they came, they saw, they told, they glorified and praised God. Now, we need to go back to Matthew and then we'll... We're closing it up a little bit. A lot of information, but it's too rich to forego. So now we're back at Matthew, the second chapter. We'll start with verse 3, just, just to refresh you a little bit. When Herod the king had heard these things, that they had seen the star in the east, and that the men were here, the wise men from the east, were here now to see this king, the king of the Jews, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. So here's where we have the idea that I think it is more than just a handful of wise men that were here because a handful of wise men, they don't trouble all of Jerusalem. It must have been quite a group that all of a sudden the bus goes through Jerusalem. Oh, there's wise men from the east and they saw the star of the birth of our king. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where the Christ should be born. And they say, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And this is the prophecy. He doesn't say it word for word, but he gives you the the, the gist of it. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So, I don't know if you have ever sort of kept track, track a little bit of people that over the years have claimed to be the Messiah. Have you? Uh, one guy, he was a Jewish guy and lived in New York and had a large following. I forget his name. I was trying to look for it. I couldn't find it. But um, years ago, and he claimed that he was the Messiah. And a large following. And I'm thinking, how, I was going to say stupid, Maybe it's not stupid. Uh, how, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. How naive can people be that are following a Messiah who has never even been in Israel? <laughs> let alone being born in Bethlehem. At least Herod knew where to ask. 
and he asked from the, the Jewish scribes and, and them, and he says, hey, where is this guy, where is this king to be born? In Bethlehem. Here is the prophecy. Here is what was written about him. He was going to be born in Bethlehem. And stinky old Herod, he didn't want a new king to come and uproot his position and the position possibly of his children and his children's children. And he's thinking to myself, I, I, I got to take care of this guy. And he says to the wise man, go find him. And then come, come back and tell me where you found him. Because I too want to worship him. Sure you do. But, but was there any reason why they shouldn't believe him? They believed him initially. They're going and they, they, they're finding Jesus. And this time, Jesus is not in, in a manger. He's not in a cave. Or in a barn, as you might suppose in, in, in modern times we, would, we, we might think. This time, he is in a house because he's not a baby any longer. He's now about two years old. And when they are leaving Jerusalem on their way to go find this baby, guess what? The glory of the Lord appears. The Shekinah glory. The star that they had seen in the east, poof, appears. And they, it's hovering right over the house where Jesus was. And they go. And they find Jesus. And they glorify God with all that is in them. To have found, we have heard from Daniel. Way many years, hundreds of years back. Our, our ancestry has told us about him. Finally we saw his star. And we have, we have brought him sacrifice. We have brought him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they give it to him while they are worshiping him. Not realizing. Because they didn't know. Not realizing that now Joseph's family had enough money to travel to Egypt. And so, after they had been there with Jesus and his family, they are thinking, oh, now we need to go back to Herod and let him know where this child is. But in a dream, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and says, don't go that way. I don't know what all he said, but I mean, I, I can't just imagine. <laughs> I, can't, I can't just imagine, you know, that the angel was explaining a few things. Don't go that way. He wants to kill the child. And then he went another way. That night, in a dream, an angel appeared to Joseph and said to Joseph, Joseph, wake up the child. Get ready to go. You need to flee. This mean dude wants to kill the child. They've always wanted to kill the child. They've always wanted to kill him. Who could kill God? How stupid. You're going to kill God. 
And so, God pulled one on Herod because the, he, he warned the, the wise man through an angel, go a different way. Herod is waiting for the, for the wise man to come. And at a certain point, he realizes, oh, I've been taken. And just for the purpose of trying to kill the child, he puts forth a decree that says, kill all the children two years and younger. Kill all the children two years and younger. That's the extent that Satan wants to go to, to annihilate Jesus, but he can't. My dear brothers and sisters, it just shows how stupid Satan really is. Do you realize that there are people with a high intellect that are sometimes stupid? Because Satan, he, he, he is plenty smart. But for you to think that you can kill Jesus, stupid. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many you kill. You're not going to kill God. There's just no possible way that it's going to happen. So, and then, uh, so the, 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 the angel told Joseph, go to Egypt. Don't come back till Herod is dead. They go to Egypt. That night, talking about immediate and complete obedience. My dear brothers and sisters, I wish we could live up to that. I wish that when we heard the voice of God, that would be, that would be our obedience would be immediate and complete. Immediate and complete. In our discipleship uh, uh, ministry, we saw that, we saw that how... Uh, a Saul had only partly obeyed the command of the Lord and how displeased the Lord was with him and removed him as king. Unless the obedience is complete, it is not obedience at all. And so, in his obedience... Not only does he save himself, he saves the child, he saves the mother, he saves the family, and he saves the Savior, if it will, so that we can benefit from the salvation that is ours in Christ Jesus.